0: Welcome to the ProCom Podcast, hosted by Paul Vogels, with expert guest interviews, case study reviews, and insightful discussion topics. The ProCom Podcast leads the project controls conversation.
1: Hello, guys and girls. Welcome to the ProCom Podcast. With a new guest today, it's Mr. Richard Wood, CEO of Safran Solutions. He will do the introduction of himself and his company a little bit later but let me explain you why the ProCamp podcast is still needed eh? the ProCamp podcast is leading the project controls conversation and project controls is about people processes and tools and in a so-called software special we are going to focus on the best of breed tools in the market and one of my guests is richard wood ceo of safran which has a wonderful tool to support the project controls community Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward as well. Yes. (laughs) So I read your bio very shortly. You started as an accountant, then moved to software, and now you are the CEO of an international software company.
0: This needs some explanation, Richard. Why is that? (laughs) Okay, uh, you're right. I started uh, with a BA business studies degree in accounting and marketing. Um, and my vision then was to be the finance director of the largest company in the world, right? Like everybody. Um, <laughs> I pretty soon realized when I did my first couple of jobs that I was a little bored by accountancy. So I uh, I got um, moved off into a marketing role and then a sales role. And I worked for some big names, companies like Oracle, uh, IBM. Um, PSDI, you had a, a, a Maximo software product, yep. uh, computer associates. So, so I did four or five years in those sorts of companies, learning to be a marketeer and a salesman. And then 2014, I think, yep. um, Somebody grabbed me and said I should join Safran and, and in fact stole me from Primavera. Back in those days, Safran was just a Norwegian company leading Northern Europe with, with um, project management tools, and they had aspirations to grow internationally. So they hired me as the first international hire to, to grow the business outside of Norway. And, uh, and that's where it all started. I, I moved up to CEO after three
1: or four years doing that. Yeah, And you brought the company from a Nordic company to an international
0: company? Yeah, yeah. So this year, um, we should sell three times more software in the international market than we sell in Norway, and, and Norway is growing. So that's that's a pretty good um, generation of revenue. We've also, though, had an interesting ride over the last seven years since I joined, because as I joined... Of course, the oil and gas price in 2014 dropped by two-thirds. Yeah. And uh, and it was a difficult job. So my first role was to diversify out of the Norwegian oil and gas market.
1: Yeah, Because that's uh, the
0: main market in, in Norwegian, is the the oil and well, gas? Well, it was. Again, we've diversified in Norway. So when I joined, I would think 70% of our sales were from traditional oil and gas. Yep. Now it's about 15 to 20. So we've okay. really diversified strongly. We're very strong now in... Engineering, construction, utilities. We have some banks, we have some pharmacy comp- companies. We, we've really diversified well. And as I say, this year, we'll do three times more revenue outside Norway. So strong growth. And it's made us a world leader in, uh, in the world of risk management in particular.
1: Yeah, uh, we talked about this earlier. So, so if you look at project controls and project management, then we're going to dive into that later on uh, because I have a very interesting quote from your uh, from your uh, website. Uh-oh. if you look at um, a pmi which is i think one of the uh, one of the institutes who um, who set out the uh, the project management and the project controls community they always talk about knowledge areas and every project manager learned 25 something years ago in his um, in his uh, handbook uh, the pmi uh, uh, handbook it's about time it's about scope it's about cost but nowadays a lot of new well new knowledge areas are introduced which for example, our resources and risk. Safran is focusing nowadays, at least, a lot on risk. Um, is that, are you then a unique company in the project controls uh, tooling market? Or
0: what's the, what's the strategy about that? Well, I'm sure any software company is going to tell you they're unique. <laughs> but um, So that's an interesting question. So we, Safran started 25 years ago with a scheduling tool, roughly the same time um, Primavera started out with P6, in fact. Yep. And the two products uh, grew side by side, ourselves in Northern Europe and, and Primavera in the rest of the world. But that's our legacy. So for 25 years, we've made a scheduling tool that does complicated manages complicated projects, and therefore a project management tool, I think. Yep. But seven years or so ago, we went into the world of risk just before that we put duration uncertainty into our scheduling tool. So we were uh, strictly just duration uncertainty. Mm -hmm. But our SRA component was extremely popular. And so we decided we would develop a risk tool. And we did that very quickly. And that's now the leading tool that we focus on in the international market. But just to kind of circle back, I, I think project controls to me means... The way you control a project—I mean, that, that's what it means, right? So it's yep. it's understanding the relationships between those knowledge areas, mm-hmm. between scope, duration, cost, resource, risk, and anything else that you that, that you throw at a project. How do they relate together, and what controls have you got to keep them all working harmoniously and in tune? That's project controls. Project management is then how we as humans take those controls and apply them to our projects and make decisions. Yep, and it's a bigger concept.
1: <clears throat> Yeah, I think that's that's right. Eh? So the project management is a bigger concept eh, where you huh? we always talk about hard skills and soft skills. Where the project controls are more or less the well the data or the uh, or the or the numbers or the or the relationships, eh, which is very smart, very mathematical. Eh? CPM we talked about it is just a mathematical trick, but all the project scheduling tools can do this very quickly. A hundred thousand activities is, is no exception in a in an oil project or in a construction engineering project. Um, but the, the the power of project controls lies indeed in the integration of the knowledge areas, in the integration of the project phases, because if, for, for example, a risk occurs, the time will be longer to finish your project, and uh, as an accountant, the cost will be bigger. Uh, so the integration is there. Uh, the yet, uh, so the the project management is the human factor, the soft skills, uh, how we manage based on project controls. First quote on your on your website: the unified project management solution. Is yeah. that something you're moving into? Is that something you have right now? What's what's your vision on project management? supported by, by solutions, by tools? Okay.
0: So you did ask me what was unique about Safran, and I didn't answer you. I'm sorry, but that, that's the answer. Because Safran is a, a relatively small company compared with the Oracles and the CAs and the IBMs, we, we write all our own software. We don't buy third-party modules and integrate them. Everything is generated by us. And that means we can put all of the project controls we talked about Into the same user interface, the same software product. So when I say unified, what I mean is anything you need, all the controls you need to manage a very complex. 200 activity schedule are included in the same product so you don't have to come out of one and into an mi or into a evm system it's all Mm -hmm. there in the one product and that's our uniqueness and that's based on 25 years of experience and that means you can deploy our products much quicker train people in them quicker because there is no integration it is all there managing the schedule in the same user interface
1: yeah, so you're becoming the best of breed on the uh, on the complete uh, focus area of, of project control. you mean?
0: Well, that's our target. At the moment, I would say, if I'm honest, we uh, have the world-leading risk product. So we, we become known as the risk uh, analytics supplier. Mm-hmm. But it is actually also risk analytics that we supply. Yep. The Monte Carlo analysis and all of the sensitivity analysis goes around it. The best product in the world. But of course, there's more to risk than that. Just the same way there's more to project management and project controls. There's more to risk management than, than uh, the analytics. And so our ambition now is to grow broader in the world of risk management. And we have our new product, Suffer and Risk Manager, that mm-hmm. wraps around the analytics and does exactly that, gives you that management flavor around the core of the control of risk. Um, and that's, that's going very well. But I'm sure later in the podcast, we'll talk about also, where we're migrating to in the next three, four years, and and that to me is the most exciting thing about my job. It's having that vision and getting taking all that we have at the moment, that world leading risk tool, the scheduling tool, the suffering Risk Manager, and giving the market something in three or four years that will be really quite exceptional.
1: Yeah, and if if you focus on that risk, yeah, so you say, yeah, the risk module at the moment, is Safran Risk, which is the quantitative, the Monte Carlo analytic analytics uh-huh. in that you are broad in it. Um, and I've seen the risk manager uh, solutions as well uh, on your website and in the marketing events and, and, and at our customers uh, even. Um, are you integrating part of the process as well? Uh? Are you integrating the decision-making? Because uh, a risk doesn't fall out of the sky there's a group of people assessing what are the what are the risk we are going to take or are going to occur probably in 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 the project which might start in six or 12 months so are you integrating or or broadening to capture that process related project management related stuff as well into the into the hardcore analytics part
0: Are you getting less geeky and more soft as a company? It sounds like you know the answer to that already. But but yes, so we would be a a, a crazy software company if we develop software without reference to the business process that we're trying to support. That is, is everything to us. We need to understand what a risk manager does every day, what, what an engineer in a company that is producing projects with risk, what he does, how he touches and feels that risk. It's not just about the risk manager. So we do understand all of those processes. And therefore, saffron Risk Manager as a tool allows us to collect risks, to identify them, to um Identify them within the whole community that's managing that project, whatever their actual day-to-day job is. And then assemble mitigation strategies, test those mitigation strategies, and then encourage and motivate everyone in that company touching that project to understand that and not be frightened of risk, but be able to deploy that mitigation strategy and then report changes. So that is risk management. That is is identifying and supplying the risk process you need as an endemic part of project controls. while well, the risk manager uses his analytics and does his thing and mm-hmm. all the scenarios and everything in the background. As a software company, you have a lot of bright uh,
1: programmers, consultants, etc. You're broadening more into the into the soft side of uh, the, pro- the process side, the business side of uh, of uh, project controls, project management. Um, I think you are in an advantage that being a small company, uh, you are the flexible. Uh, you are the speedboat, and the IBMs and the SAPs are the are the big container ships. It's hard to move them, uh, and it takes a long time to change course in that uh, in that uh, direction is it for a small smaller uh, because you are a big company but relatively small to these uh, to these uh, sure. mammoth mem- mem- chips um how do you capture the the change and the needs of the business because i can imagine an energy project in in the u.s is managed on the same way as somebody in singapore or in in rotterdam or whatever yeah. how are you how, do you have feet in the, uh, feet in the field? Huh? How
0: do you capture your, your user experience and your user needs? Yeah, so, so as a company, Safran is, is like um, a community. It's like a family company in many ways. People have worked here a long time. And you do get working in the office feeling of being part of a family community. And that's an answer to your question, because our customers feel that too. So there's nobody in Safran that doesn't have customer contacts. We're very open and out-facing, and we collect information in that way. So many of our customers uh, in the oil and gas world, we're talking about customers like Equinor and akka Solutions. We're talking about big transportation companies in the UK. We're talking about a bank in Malaysia. They're very different companies. But they all talk to our support people. They all talk to our developers. The developers have a hotline to many of those companies. And we hoover up information. And in fact, just this year during the pandemic, I've had several companies come to me and say that they would like to influence our roadmap. They'd like to understand what we're going to do. And they'd like to give us some ideas about how their. Companies would benefit if mm-hmm. we tweaked our products a little bit, and we we try to do that a lot, and we try to go with those suggestions. And so we we just we're completely open. We're listening to our customers, and that is what informs uh, a large proportion of our developments. Yeah,
1: I'm, uh, building the bridge to uh, where you want to migrate to as a software company. Yes. I think there are a lot of challenges from the from the needs, uh, the needs of the people, the need of the uh, the project manager. Now is probably 35, 40 years old, has a master of science where maybe the project manager 20 mm-hmm. years ago was 45 to 50 and had an engineering degree and knows how to open a pump or a revolver, etc. cetera. That's one change. From a software point of view, we are moving from a, a robust on-premise installation into cloud project uh, uh, science yeah. uh, plans, etc. cetera. Um, More international um, projects are getting complex. I'm talking to customers who said, well, five years ago, we had a 100 million euro project that was the biggest we ever done. And now the smallest we do in 2021 is 200,000 euros. So projects are getting bigger, more complex. Organizations behind that. The contracting department used to do everything, engineering, engineering, ordering the asphalt and the materials, etc., building the road, uh, painting the road, whatever. Now it's consortia. What is Safran doing the next years to, to be as agile or flexible or lean or whatever you want to call it to support all these different changes because you are juggling with five, six,
0: seven changing objects? Yeah, so... It's a good question. It touches on our strategy now. So we've done a lot of work on this. And at a very high level, broadly, we see two influences on the way the world of project controls is changing. And I think it's a revolution, Paula. I think for 25 years, the world of project controls and project management has drifted along. There have been improvements, but it's essentially been the same kind of process. I think there'll be a revolution. And I think that revolution is driven by two things. One is what you've just described. It's the fact that the business process, the, the type of projects people are undertaking are becoming multicultural, multi-geographical, uh, and the portfolios of interrelated projects is increasing exponentially. It's just harder to manage. Um, but the second thing, so, and so there's a demand from the market to provide tools that allow them that visibility and the way to to think in a complex complex way about those variables and manage them that's one force yep. the second driver is like the technology which almost by coincidence is now supplying an answer to that question so the question is how do we provide complex thinking for complicated projects it's like a perfect storm taking both those things together gives us gives suffering a fantastic opportunity. And a, quite a unique one, because there are many companies doing all of this stuff, right? But safran is not small, but certainly not an oracle. We're in the middle. We've yep. got 25 years of experience, and we know how to develop software. So we can take something to market much quicker. And that is what we're trying to do. Within the next three, four years, we are working towards a next generation of project controls product that will use those technologies That will deliver a way of managing complex projects and take away from the risk manager and the project manager, a lot of the drudge of the current data management and and progress updating and all of that routine stuff will go and you'll have guys capable of thinking about complex issues.
1: Yes, thinking about complex issues, I think that's, that's it. It's, we talked about earlier, it's the integration huh? part, the integrated part, that's where the strength is of the project and the project manager needs to talk to a lot of people nowadays, risk, financing, uh, all these, uh, the scheduler, of course, um, the, the the rise, I think the hockey stick effect, maybe it's a Dutch term, but the hockey stick effect on, on uh, machine learning, software intelligence, cloud computing, uh, uh, quantum computing, et cetera, is exponentially growing your opportunity. And I think being big enough to make an impact in the world, but be a small enough company to steer with these, it's, well, in terms of risk, uh, you have to be very precisely on what your roadmap is because if this is not the way forward, well, there's no changing back in this. Eh? If you go this way, eh, the unified solution. Um, how do you? How does Safran come to this conclusion? Eh? Is it is it a natural cause of these steps, computing, power, etc., and the needs of the market? Is it a natural grow or? Are you? Are you the guy? If everybody says let's go right, is Richard would say no. We are going left.
0: As Safran. <laughs> um, I mentioned earlier, we listen to our customers. Okay, and that's that's why we know whether we're going to go left or right. Uh, and I'm not giving away which direction we're going to go in, Paul. I'm sorry, but <laughs> so so some of our biggest customers. Uh, are already on this journey, and they're ahead of us. So they're creating IT infrastructures that use all of the technologies we've talked about. And these are our end users. These are the oil and gas, the the transportation, the government, public sector companies. They're using these things already, and they're creating new IT architectures to run in parallel with their existing ones behind their firewall. And they're coming to us, and they're saying, look, you've got to get with it, or you'll lose it. You've got to start developing your products that will sit inside our cloud architectures using digital twins and all the stuff that they're doing, or you won't be included. Now, we're already there. We're already de- working on this, and so we fit well with these customers, and they're saying to us, how can we help you because we want to take you with us, and they're giving us access to, for example, their data oceans of projects that they're busy building, so we can use that data to help test out our concepts and the way that our next generation of products will be working. And so it's not just Richard Wood saying, everyone's going right, I'm going to go left. <laughs> it's key thought leaders in the market going left, and I'm going with them. And I think that's really important.
1: Yeah, because I think well, with Safran, you have the opportunity to be the, the company who actually listens to the end user. If you're a real big company yeah. and try to change something at SAP, Absolutely. IBM, CA, whatever, um, they are too The company is uh, the company SAP is is 10, 20, 100 times bigger than their biggest customer. I think maybe your customers are as big as, or maybe even bigger as Safran. So I think the listening uh, that's, I think, uh, and and, and look at looking at the the Procon podcast and leading project conversation, project controls conversation, a conversation is where people actually listen to each other. So, um, is is. Is the conversation getting harder because you are growing and eh? you have more people, or is the the complete community moving in the same way? Or see, do you see industry specific splits? Or
0: no, I don't see much sector specific pull in any of these directions. I see most big companies building out architectures and with business processes, and I don't see any significant differences. Of course, there are some sector-specific differences, um, but but generally speaking, we would apply our principles to all of the business processes we find in, in sector-wide for asset-intensive companies. Yeah. And on a continental strategy, huh? so huh, the U.S.
1: is from, is known about the more hierarchical project management culture this is sure. what we're going to do uh, the dutch have a word for it polderen uh, which means uh, we're going to need we're going to discuss it as long as so, uh, until everybody can have a solution which which everybody is happy or so or happy with uh, but europe i think in broad is is more more interacting with each other do you see differences in continental on uh, on that one because you're learning yeah, you know, a lot with the growth.
0: I certainly see differences between cultures, uh, but we allow for that because the technologies we're talking about are very flexible. Artificial intelligence by its very nature is completely flexible. So we can build a portfolio of software tools that will be used in in all different cultures. Uh, They're configurable. They don't exclude any particular type of business process. Um, So our earned value management software, for example, we learned from the US where they're very keen on, on EVM, yep. but we built it in such a way that it's now built into our schedule and is used by many different business processes to, to manage projects. So I don't think you need to be constrained. I think you need to look in every direction and make sure that your, your software is horizontal enough to be used in any direction.
1: Yeah, yeah you need to have the open mind. You, you need to be Absolutely. inclusive yeah. With, with, yeah. with everybody. No, Good point you're touching, so... Uh, the the US is very keen on EVM, eh, which is eh, your schedule needs to be good, your progress cycles yeah. need to be good. Yeah. You have to have your physical progress, you have to have your hourly progress, your financial progress. Um, if we from well, from the Netherlands, from Europe, look to the US, they are very mature on project controls in well, almost a scientific way. Eh? There is there's a university yeah. of project controls everywhere in the in the US. If you're going to look at Europe, I think in in the UK, you have a couple of them who are specializing in project controls. My understanding and what I hear from the community is that the project controls, project management maturity or awareness is low or lower in the European mainland than, for example, in the US. Is that something you are
0: experiencing as well? No, I I don't think it is. There are differences. but um, And you're right about the US. They're very structured in the way they approach project management. And it's possibly more flexible in some of the European countries. But don't forget, the companies I deal with are some of the biggest in Europe. And they have operations in the US and they have corporate standards, which govern the way they do deliver their business processes for project management and and they don't have differences between uh, between cultures. And so, no, I, I think I'm shielded from that. I think if I was operating more down at the small middle enterprise level, which I do operate in, but, but if I was more down there, I would see probably more cultural differences. I don't really get that. And my product, Saffron Risk is extremely horizontal. I mean, it applies to any complex project environment. So, no, I, I don't think I see that, Paul. Yeah, so so
1: because yeah, the the customers are well in our profession, yeah, because I believe we believe it's a profession. I think yeah, the the of this world and the safrans of this world I think it's a profession. Actually, it's your business model. Hey, yeah? you you couldn't pay the mortgage without uh, project controls. Absolutely. Um, so we really need to help these people. But entering new markets, you will. Come across people who need to learn is is Safran also uh, because risk management is not something you learn uh, at the end of a Sunday uh, a Sunday afternoon. Is Safran also getting people on board and, and try to have customers on board who are who are earlier in the learning curve on uh, on project management? Um,
0: yeah, let me answer that in a second. I just want to come back on one thing. You asked about cultural differences. I've got a great example of that. Uh, In the US, there's a lot of litigation uh, around projects, right? Project goes late, somebody gets sued because it's gone late. And we're finding a really good market for us with our scheduling tool, is is that litigation market. So a forensic lawyer can say, well, if you'd made a different decision on that day, what would have looked like six months later? And you can rerun that very quickly okay. uh, with optimizing resources between the two. So we doing. So, but that's a cultural difference, We, we don't get asked for that in, in Europe. It, it doesn't happen
1: like that in Europe at all. But I think um, that's a great example successful. because we work, for example, with HKA, which is one of the biggest litigation consultants or. Consultants, I think U.S. but but also worldwide, mm. you are familiar with them. Um, forensic scheduling, litigation, claim culture is something which is being introduced in the Europe. But huh? I always make the well, it's not a joke. But in the U.S., if you buy a micromave, on the manual it says don't dry your dog in it because it won't survive. In the in the Europe, nobody says that. Nobody ha- mm. has it in the manual, etc. So they are very. Well, li- the litigation is g- coming, becoming more and more well, aggressive or more uh, uh, top of mind. And so also the people need to react. Eh? The guys who are writing the manual say, don't put of your course. dog in it. Yeah. Um, I think that's a very good example of mm-hmm. the difference differences between the well, culture. I think it's maybe okay. a cultural yep. thing.
0: But let me just say that it's a great example of, the flexibility of Safran because these guys came to us. Well, one, the first customer we had came and said they needed a tool to do this. Yep. Could we have a look at our scheduler? And we actually worked with them and we amended our scheduling tool um, for, with functionality that enabled them to do exactly that. They'd, they'd previously talked to our main competitor, very, very big company, mm-hmm. and they just weren't interested in amending their software at all for this. This guy. We did, and we've now got quite a few companies using it for litigation. So it's just an example of how quick we can be, how fast to the market, because we are a middle-sized company. Yeah, but that's the Richard Wood who is saying,
1: well, let's go left. Let's Let's listen to that customer. Uh, Mr. Customer, we are going to help you. And hopefully, or probably, We'll get your friends and your peers, et cetera, also in our small boat, and we might yep. need an upgrade on the boat uh, in the next couple of uh, months or years. Sure. is there ambition on uh, safran being uh, being as big as the, uh, as the as the big five? I didn't hear that question.'m i sorry. Is- does Safran have ambition to grow oh, to a see, membership a ship?
0: <laughs> no, I don't well it's, it's a question I never thought about. I don't think I'd want to uh, to go back to working for the big five I've worked for most of them yep. I like being small and nimble so I'd like to get much much bigger but stay stay small and nimble and that's not necessarily a contradiction so that's what I'm working on yeah well maybe we need to invent that flexible chip. we can we
1: can do turns, etc <laughs> okay work on it. um so we talked about um, you mentioned something about digital twins. So litigation is something which is a new trend, I think, in uh, in, in, in our project control software. The other trend I see is um, uh, BIM strategies and digital twins, etc. You work in a very asset intensive industry, capital assets. Um, what's the impact on digital twins and BIM, etc., into your company, into your new next-gen solution? Well, it could have a significant
0: impact. I mean, BIM is just one technology that I think the next generation of products will have to absorb. I don't think we'll integrate with BIM. I think it will get absorbed. I think um, 4D modeling and 5D modeling and all those things will become implicit within a schedule, perhaps um, aimed at the engineering construction market. There might be some sector variants of this next generation of tool. and mm-hmm. um, But it will, it, again, it will be unified. I don't want to really build an integration to a BIM supplier. If my customers need BIM, then I'd like to have some sort of modeling capability within my tool. Clearly, you need to draw a line around it somewhere. And, and I have an open mind now about, what I will have to integrate to as I go forward. And it may be BIMFOLs on that other side of it. But there are plenty of other technologies that I will try and embrace. Uh, But at the moment, Paul, we're just in our design phase at the moment. We're working on it with some of our big customers. And I I couldn't honestly tell you what the scope of project controls from Saffron will be in three or four years. But I know at the heart of it will be the same schedule. And but everything will impact that schedule concurrently and
1: fire together no i think a schedule is also uh, is, is the main focus of a of a project eh? because yeah you can't change time eh? time is something which you consume eh? and a lot of really cool movies about that as well time is um, is going is going away uh, no matter what Safran,
0: we, we've tried to change time but we failed we can't do it before, so we're if, you,
1: on. Yeah, if you <laughs> invented that feature then uh, then you would be rich <laughs> you would be the biggest the uh, biggest the uh, mammoth chip in the in the in the world um any new trends you see on on project controls uh, uh, from that? We c- we talked about BIM, we talked about cloud computing, SaaS, etc. More flexible ways of deploying it, um, litigation claims culture. Any things we um, we should be aware of?
0: Crikey, uh, there's lots of things, but I'd, I'd be hard pressed to prioritize any for you right now. There's and you do need to get fairly sector specific. Different sectors do require different. Um, Technologies. So, for example, if you're a transportation company interested in in rail, in particular, yep. or um, maybe road, then you'll find there is a requirement to schedule down to very, very small time periods. So, a rail company needs to think in terms of sixty-second activities. Yep, um, that's quite small. That kind of level of detail is something that we're thinking through at Safran at the moment, because that will be part of the next generation. It will be very um, sympathetic to individual business processes across sectors, but I think we'll offer it as a unified product to any sector. But it, yep. it's just that you'll, you'll be configuring to meet specific needs. And that example of 60 second scheduling is a good one, I think, for transportation. Yeah, hey, you want to
1: be inclusive to to help the real infrastructure, the road infrastructure, for example. Sure. Uh, but you don't ac- want to force other people who do on a on an hourly or on a daily uh, activity. You don't want to exclude them. So it's it's going to be a switch. Eh? Do you want to module sixty yes, seconds
0: is. on I, or off? I can give you a slightly different answer to your question, which is something I'm not happy about. But but well, it's not it's not that I'm unhappy about it. But let me let me explain. <laughs> um, reporting uh, is something that is very a great interest so how do you report on risk how do you report on projects to a way to your stakeholders that they will understand but more importantly if you're a large customer and you're building a new IT infrastructure which is cloud based and and uh, and involves integrating together in some way many many different software applications all the asset management applications all the quality applications all the secure the, the health and safety applications yep. and the, and the project controls they're all doing something in your organization I think in three or four years' time, you'll be able to produce reports that suck data out of all of those different applications and build a composite report so you can make decisions about the impact on health and safety of changing something in a schedule, what that does to the quality of the end result, and so on. It's impossible at the moment because every application has its own reporting structures. So that openness and visibility of data will drive uh, visible, seamless, horizontal reporting. And that means, I think that the vendors like Safran and, and Oracle and, and all the other guys, um, who are producing, se- um, functional specific software will mm-hmm. have to unlock their data yep. so that AI tools can come in and build composite reports. And that's quite a change for software companies to digest. Um, with, we're getting ready for it, but it's not everybody who will, I don't think.
1: No, it's 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 more or less a mindset. I think eh? it's eh? is is the data from you as the customer or from you as the vendor or the or the developer of it. Absolutely, and, and I think people are well, BI and, and artificial intelligence and all these reporting and dashboarding tools are be getting more and more um, uh, well known in the organizations. Eh? Managers aren't looking at paper, they are looking at a dashboard and they can click on it and they want to see the impact of uh, what you say is safety to a HR system and the HR system to the quality of the project, etc. So that's, I think, a mindset you should have uh, as a software vendor, openness of yeah. data, uh, shared data, uh, lakes, et cetera. We almost run out of time. Eh? So we said time is, uh, is going away uh, quicker than we <laughs> like. Eh? And, and, it, and some Einstein said something about it as well. I think if you are enjoying it more, uh, time goes faster. Um, thank you very much. Um, any uh, kind of company, eh? so don't call names out, but any kind of company you really want to look into from a risk perspective. Eh? What would be the greatest achievement of Safran. Uh, You've seen all the engineering companies, you've seen all the oil companies in the the world, I think. Um, Is there any industry or any type of company you didn't see and you really said, well, you should be looking at risk, not at Safran in particular, but at risk or at project management to help? Is that something... Your, yeah, well, you have i answer you
0: answer your question in a slightly different way. We, there are, there's no real asset-intensive sector we don't supply to, so I'm not looking for new markets in, in, a, in, in a business sense. Mm-hmm. I get very, very frustrated, though, by the fact that some countries, some cultures have really switched on to risk, and some not at all. Yep. And I'm not going to call out the names of some mm-hmm. of these, but there are European countries where no one ever thinks about the risk in a project. They just... Projects are late. They don't understand why. And and I would love those geographical boundaries to go away and for some of those countries to open up their cultures yep. to to allow us to talk to them about risk management. Well, that's a, that's I
1: think a good invitation to uh, to take on. Uh, talk to a lot of European customers, a lot of European countries to uh, to have risk included in your strategy. Yep. Thank you very much, uh, Richard. Um, we're going to finish up our program podcast. If people are really interested in this, uh, this will be live on Apple, Spotify, and Google, for example, but also look at the website procom podcast where you can even see richard and me uh, talking to each other digitally and norway rotterdam is a is a, it's a long travel for uh, for 45 minutes uh, but digitally it's a it's a blip of a second uh, so if you're at the website procompodcast.com, please subscribe to the blogs which also include something about forensic scheduling in the near future for example but also on risk etc and of course subscribe to our podcast channels and um, Again, Richard Wood, thank you very much, CEO of Safran. Thank you for listening, everybody, and uh, hope to see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye for now.
0: Thanks for listening to the Procon Podcast. To listen and watch more episodes, you can subscribe and access the resources mentioned in this episode by visiting proconpodcast.com. We look forward to seeing you on our next episode, where we will continue to lead the Project Controls conversation. The Procon podcast and the associated resources is published under copyright to PrimaNed. All rights reserved, no reproduction of this content is permitted.